Good morning, everyone. Lovely to see you all this morning. Um, before getting to the main thing that I'm going to share with us today, let me just um, pass on another little bit of an update to us. Um, if you've been watching the news after the last few weeks, you'll know that many people's household budgets are increasingly squeezed, right? I mean, there was a 54% increase in utility bills about three days ago, a further increase expected in October, fuel costs. I mean, I haven't seen pump prices like this, like, until we used to price them in gallons. <laughs> it's crazy. Food costs. And at the same time, as a church community here, we want to excel in generosity. So we, won't, we don't want to compromise between those two things. We want to keep on doing that. And so a few weeks ago, I jumped on a call with Kim Hurst, who oversees our Money Advice Center, and Alison Berry, who oversees our Money Management, our CAP courses. And I asked them, what can we do? What can we do? And so what we are doing is creating a set of small group resources, three weeks' worth of resources that will equip and empower us to handle money well, because this is going to be a season to navigate wisely through. And so these are going to be available in May, and we would love as many, if not all, small groups to use them. If you're, a, if you're a small group leader here, I think, Rob, you've already messaged them, so you've already got details of that. If you're somebody that's already in a small group, wonderful, carry on, you'll be a part of this journey. Um, if you're not yet in a small group, this is another really good reason to join a small group. So jump to the connect area at the back at the end. But this is really important, friends, isn't it, that we travel through this wisely. And so whatever our personal circumstances are, we need all the help that we can get, either for ourselves or for those around us. So that is one of the things that we are doing in this season. I'm hoping there's a little video to show Is there Kate or not? No? Okay. Don't worry. What you would have seen is a guy talking on his mobile phone and falling into a swimming pool. It's really quite funny. But he manages to style it out and ends up sat on the side with his legs dangling into the pool. And the simple point that I was going to make, if you'd have seen the video, is that we live in a world that is full of distractions, right? You've probably seen those kind of YouTube videos where people walk into lampposts and all of that kind of stuff. And don't get me wrong, I, th I think this kind of tech is amazing and can be incredibly helpful, but have you ever been in a kind of conversation with somebody and a message alert goes off? Or, or you're in a meeting and somebody's phone is going ping, 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 and then that person, and I'm sure it's not one of you, but that other person has then got their phone out and started checking their messages, and you're in mid-conversation with them. Do you find that annoying? Do you, have you thought why you find that annoying? There can be a whole heap of reasons, but this, I think, is one of the reasons. As human beings, we're created in the image of God, and God is present. He is present. And so we are created to be present rather than absent and disengaged and distracted. We're actually created that way. And yet we are so easily formed by a culture that is highly distracted. 
And so we need to go on being transformed and reformed by the redemptive love of Jesus Christ if we want to make a difference in the world. If we want to reflect some of that presence of God into our world, we need to live lives in a different way. And so we're going to think today about being present, being present. If you have a Bible, could you turn to John chapter 20? This is in the New Testament. This is the last in our Inside Out series. We've been thinking about how our lives have been formed and how they can be transformed and reformed by the redemptive love of Jesus. And I believe this is, um, this is an invitation for all of us, whether or not we've said yes to Jesus before in our lives, he is always inviting every one of us into more of his life. And so there are opportunities for each one of us today to say yes to that more of his life. So John chapter 20, the background is that Jesus has been crucified two days before. And then Mary comes along and tells this bunch of disciples that she's seen Jesus alive. So just, just get yourself in the headspace of one of these disciples. Your head is spinning right now. I mean, it was already spinning. And now you're thinking, I do not know what is going on. And so then we're going to start reading in verse 19 of John chapter 20. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. Just going to pause there. If you've experienced moments of fear and anxiety in your life, you'll know just how distracting that is, right? You know, your head is spinning and there's this preoccupation in life. And this is where these disciples find themselves. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After, this, after he said this, he showed them his hands and side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. This is stunning. You need to remember that the doors are locked and Jesus comes in. This is the new resurrection body that Paul writes at length about in 1 Corinthians 15. He talks about Jesus being the prototype of this new form of physicality. So Jesus could eat, the disciples could touch the holes in his hands and his side, but he could also walk through walls. And the beautiful thing is, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 that this is a prototype. So what happened to Jesus happens to you and me. I'm really looking forward to this. Really looking forward to it. And I love what Jesus says. He says to these disciples, peace be with you. But don't miss what Jesus does. He stood among them. He was present. Didn't send a WhatsApp message or an Instagram. He was present. And then Jesus shows them the, the spear hole in his side and the nail holes in his hands. These are signs of death, but they're now on a living body. And this is stunning, isn't it? Is anybody else stunned? Signs of death on a living body. This is resurrection. See, I believe, I'm going off on a slight tangent, I believe that all of us have all sorts of questions to answer about Jesus. Did he speak the truth or was he crazy? Are, did he really do the miracles or were they elaborate illusions? We have to answer all sorts of questions, but I think the biggest question we face is this. 
did he rise from the dead? That's the biggie. And if he did, and I'm someone who believes that he did, it changes everything. Absolutely everything. Because it means that he is present with us now, and his resurrection gives us hope of an eternal future. It changes everything. It's a big question. And so if you agree with the eyewitness report that we've just read, and you've not said yes to Jesus yet, you can give him your yes right now. You can simply say to him, Jesus, I believe that you rose from the dead. I'm sorry that I've chosen to go my own way up to now, but I, chose, I choose to believe right now that you rose from the dead, and that changes everything about my future. And so I give my life to you now. And if you've just sort of echoed that in your heart right now, come and have a chat with me, one of the other guys you've seen around, someone that you know. Uh, or just There's quite a few Christians in here this morning. Turn to somebody and talk to them and say to them, this is where I am in my story. So, we find these disciples, they are pretty much in the best revival meeting ever. Their, their lives have been all sorts of all over the place, but the risen Jesus is now standing among them. You're just going to want to stay in that place, right? You're not going to want to move on. Jesus says this to them. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So he secures them again with his presence and his peace, and then he says, go. And he breathes his Holy Spirit on them, and he sends them to be present with other people. Followers of Jesus, we are called to be missionally present, to be present with other people. We're sent by Jesus as carriers of his kingdom. We carry his presence and his peace into an anxious and hurting world. So what I'm going to do is ask three questions, and then we're going to pray into a specific area where we can be present in our world today. The first question is, well, what kind of people does Jesus send? What kind of people does Jesus send? Well, in this room, there were 11 disciples, because sadly Judas had spun out, and there were probably some of that wider crowd as well. They were fearful. They were a pretty unlikely bunch. So just a little bit of a dive. You've got a guy called Matthew in the room. He was a tax collector, so he worked for the government, the, the oppressing government, actually. And then you have Simon the Zealot, who hated the government. And so Matthew made a living taking advantage of people like Simon, and Simon made a living trying to kill people like Matthew. And Jesus called them both. That's pretty unlikely. Jesus calls unlikely kind of people. There's a beautiful story in Acts chapter 4, which I'll just give you the summary of. Peter and John, two of the apostles, have been arrested, and they're taken to the religious court of the day. And we find in verse 8 of Acts chapter 4 that Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit, and then he shares the gospel, just in a very simple way. And in verse 13, you find this record. It said, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. It's about presence. You see, it seems to me the qualifications are quite simple here. 
if we've met Jesus, we're good to go. If we've met Jesus, we're good to go. Yes, we keep learning, we keep on being filled with the Holy Spirit, but if we've said yes to Jesus and we've got a pulse, we're good to go. Second question, how does Jesus send us? How does Jesus send us? Well, the order of this story, I think, is quite important. Jesus was present with his disciples, and then he sent them out to be present with others. So another way of thinking about that is our doing or our going for Jesus must flow from being with Jesus. Let me read this um, little quote. This is from Rich Villadas, who's a pastor in New York. We've, we've dipped into this book over the last few weeks, and I love what he says about this. He says, There is a way of responding to the needs of the world in such a way that leads to fatigue and burnout. We try to give what we don't possess, and every time we attempt this, we put ourselves in danger. Anyone done that? A shift is required. The deeply formed mission is fundamentally about becoming a particular person, Jesus in us, and offering that to the world. See, what do you want to bring to the world around you? Is it more of the prevailing culture, more of us, more of me, more of you, or more of Jesus in you? And I hope that was slightly rhetorical. More of a life that's being transformed and reformed by the presence of Jesus. So in in the small group materials this week, we're going to explore some of the dangers of doing without being and being without doing. There are dangers both sides. Third question, where does Jesus send us? Verse 21, Jesus says, As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. So it got me thinking, well, what was the Father's commission to Jesus? How did the Father send Jesus? Well, if you were around in January and February this year, we spent a number of weeks digging into a beautiful summary of what Jesus was sent by the Father to do. We find it in Luke chapter 4, where Jesus says this, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And it seems to me that in the same way as Jesus was sent by the Father, we are also sent to be present with the poor, present with those in need of freedom, present with those who are in need of healing, those people who are oppressed in any way, present with those who need good news. Let me just tell you a little story. I, um, I, I popped into Storehouse, um, when was this? Three days ago, on Thursday morning, I, I, I popped around, and, and the team are doing the most extraordinary job. So there were like more families that I have ever seen come in on Thursday, and the, the team are serving them with incredible kindness and generosity. And I, I was out the, the back where people are picking up all sorts of food that gets brought in each week. And there was this guy there, and he was just holding his side. And I said to him, what's up? And he tells me the story that he has been um, knocked over by a car and has broken some ribs. But that's why it's good just to keep our eyes open, because I could see it. 
holding his sign. So I, I called him at the end of the morning, just as he and his family were leaving, and I said to him, hey, could I pray with you? Would that be right? I said, I, I'm a Christian, and I believe that Jesus can heal. So would it be all right if I prayed with you? And, and he said yes. And he clearly had some kind of church upbringing because he immediately took his cap off and started crossing himself. I mean, he had clearly had something more than the Holy Spirit to drink that morning. You know, so there was a bunch of stuff going on in his life. But he graciously said, yeah, that's fine. So I was just able, he didn't shut his eyes, and that's quite disconcerting when you're praying, but you just have to get over that. And I just prayed that the Lord would heal him. And then he crossed himself a few times more and said, thank you very much. And moved on. And I just feel like, I, I don't know what Jesus has done in his life, but it's an incredible honor just to be present. And it takes a bit of time just to divert from the busyness of our lives, just to be present. You know, it seems to me there are many ways that we can be present with people. We're present as we announce the good news of God's kingdom, that being through word or deed. We're present in that way. We're present as we practice justice. We're present through hospitality. Hospitality is opening our homes, but also our hearts. Importantly, our hearts. And that's actually the area we're going to dig into in small groups this week. But another key environment for many of us to be present is in our work. And I want to just talk about that, and then we're going to pray into that area this morning. God is always at work, right? He's always at work. He's always doing something, and each one of us are made in his image. Genesis chapter 1 and 2, we are commissioned to work. We're created to work. That happened before sin came into the world. So just to be really clear, if you think your work is like hell, that is not... Work is a good thing. Work is a good thing. If, if you're someone that works 9 to 5 for 40 years... That is going to be somewhere around about 12% of your total hours on this planet. It's a big chunk of our lives if you're a working person. Now, I know that work is beyond just paid work. There's voluntary work. There's study. Um, there are many that are you know, at home, and you're working as a chauffeur, a cook, a counselor, a teacher, and all manner of other things to children, and that's a beautiful thing. But being in a workplace or a place of study does bring some opportunities to be especially present. So I want to share briefly four things about work, and then I would love us to pray, and I would love to commission all those of us here that are in places of work, I would love to commission us today that we would be a presence for Jesus in those places. So that's not to value that amongst other types of work, but I do want to lean into that this morning. So here's just four quick things about work. Firstly, work is a place of spiritual formation. Many of us spend a lot of hours at work, a lot of hours commuting. We'll deal with people and situations, and all of those are opportunities for the Lord to be at work in us. Please don't discount work from your spiritual life. Jesus can be at work in you through that. Second thing, work is not our identity. Have you noticed how many times you have a conversation with somebody, someone you don't know, and pretty much probably the second or the third question, you've asked the name, 
If you're British, you'll have asked about the weather, because that's what we do. And the third question, we will say something, what do you do? And it seems a very innocent question, but the danger is you say, well, I'm a teacher, or I'm a builder, and it becomes part of like, like our expression of our identity. If you're a follower of Jesus, we are first and foremost children of God who happen to also teach children, build walls, nurse sick people, whatever it is. First and foremost, don't get confused. Your identity is not your job. Your identity, if you've given your yes to Jesus, your identity primarily is one of God's kids. Third thing, work as for the Lord. Work as for the Lord. This is challenging, right? This is Colossians chapter 3. This is what Paul writes. He says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Work is an expression of worship. It is all for Jesus. So whether you're building a wall, teaching kids, or nursing a patient, we work hard, we bring the best that we can, because we know that our ultimate boss is Jesus. The fourth thing is that we can be a kingdom carrier in our work. See, wherever we work, there will be people in need of healing, in need of guidance in some way. They may need a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge, a word of encouragement. There will be people that need kindness and compassion. And so what we primarily bring to our work is ourselves. Not just our skills and competencies and experience, and that's important, but what we primarily bring is ourselves. So if we will cultivate rhythms of being with Jesus, just like those disciples in John 20, if we will cultivate rhythms of being with Jesus, of receiving his spirit, our workplaces and schools and colleges become places of incredible opportunity because you are there. You've been with Jesus and now you are present with people that he loves as well. That is an incredible opportunity. Friends, this is what it means in part to be Jesus in the world. Carrying God's kingdom with us into every environment. And the foundation of this kind of way of life is living life inside out. We're asking Jesus to transform us from the inside so that more of his life is expressed in the environments that we walk into. So I'd love us to pray today. I would love to commission, as I say, those of you that are in places of work or college or schools. And I say that doesn't value that above other things, but I did just want to lean into that this morning. So, if you work or if you study, could I, if you're able to, could I invite you to stand with me now. Nothing weird's going to happen. If you work or if you study, yeah, you guys work, I hope. <laughs> and
And if you're online with us today, and you're in a place where it is appropriate for you to stand because you work or you'll study, would you do that as well? Just saying, like, I'm, I'm in this, I'm with this, I want to commission my work to Jesus this morning. So I'm simply going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. And then I'm going to pray a few prayers. And, then, and as part of that, some of our service pastors and other guys are just going to wander around and bless what we see Jesus doing. Because my heart is, I mean, you can look at, you know, you have got incredible opportunity tomorrow morning or when you're next in your workplace. It is stunning what Jesus can do if we will fully offer this part of our lives to him. So Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence. We invite you to come more now. And for those of you sat, why don't you, can lead, you can reach out a hand to somebody around you or just look at someone and bless them as I'm praying. Why don't you just take a moment just to offer your work or your study to Jesus? Say, so Jesus, I'm giving this part of my life to you again today. Jesus, I put it into your hands. Put the joys and the challenges of your work and your study into the hands of Jesus. Jesus, we are incredibly grateful for our work and for our study. And Jesus, I pray that you would go on renewing and transforming the way that we see our work. Shift our hearts and minds. And Jesus, we acknowledge that our places of work and our study need more of your presence. They need more of your life in us. And so Jesus, I pray that you would go on transforming and reforming us from the inside out. Jesus, I pray that you would, that we would commit to healthy rhythms of engaging with the Bible, with prayer, with worship, with your presence. That we would root ourselves in your presence. That we would understand that our, our identity comes from you, not from our work. And Lord Jesus, I pray that you would release to each one of us the grace to be able to serve in our work and our study as those serving you. Release the resources that we need. And Lord, I ask that you would commission every one of us that's standing in this room right now and those online to go from here, filled afresh with your Holy Spirit, to carry your presence and your peace and your kingdom into our places of work and study. Lord, help us to have our eyes open to see the kingdom opportunities around us. Lord, that we would see the people whose lives are hurting 
in some way and we would reach out to them. We would see those people who need a word of kindness, who need an encouragement, who need us to simply be present with them. For a bunch of us here today, I sense the Lord simply inviting us to embrace inconvenience. That there will be moments where it is going to cost us some time and our energy to divert to somebody's you know, desk or place of work and ask them how they're doing and mean it. And to be present with them as they share something of what's going on in their lives with us. And so, Lord, I pray that you would release to us grace for inconvenience. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. And I love the way in the text that we read today that Jesus stood among his disciples and he breathed on them. And it's this, it has this parallel with what you read in the Genesis account where God breathed into the nostrils of Adam and and brought him to life. And now Jesus breathes on his disciples and says, receive the Holy Spirit. In other words, come alive. And so Jesus, we choose to receive your breath of life afresh today. Breathe on us deeply. Lord, we want to be the carriers of abundant life. We don't, we don't want to be carrying scraps into our workplaces and places of study. Lord, we want to be carrying the best possible to those people. And so, Lord, would you breathe afresh upon us now? Commission us into our places of work and study by the breath of your Holy Spirit. We hear, Jesus, your commission to go, to be sent people, to be present in a world that is full of anxiety and fear and need and hurt. And we choose, Jesus, to say yes to your call to go today. So in Jesus' name, I bless you. I bless the work of your hands. I I bless the work of your heads. (laughs) The the, the thought that you bring to your work, the physical stuff that you bring to your work, all the stuff that you bring to your study, I bless that in Jesus' name. I bless that in Jesus' name. And I pray that you would find a richness in your workplace a richness in your place of study because you know that Jesus is there ahead of you and he's simply waiting for us to turn up. And so, Jesus, we choose to turn up. We choose to be attentive. We choose to have our eyes open. And, Lord, we choose to be courageous in Jesus' name. So the Lord is touching many people in this room here. We're going we're gonna to worship a bit. But I'm just going to encourage you, where you are engaging with the Spirit of God this morning, just, just, just stay there. I mean, at some point, you'll have to go and get up kids if you've got kids. You have to go and pick those up. But as you can, just stay in this place. There'll be a bunch of people that will just walk around and bless what we see the Lord doing. For others, you know, if you're sat right now, you might want to stand and just go and lay a hand on somebody that's around you. Bless what you see Jesus doing in their lives. 
If you have other needs this morning, you're welcome either just to turn to somebody or come to the front and somebody will come and stand alongside you this morning. But Lord, we bless what you're doing in this place, the way that your spirit is just resting on many lives. Lord, let life come. Let healing come today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.